One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday. I'm Jason Cundy, the duck lover, it says here, and welcome to another edition of the TalkSport Daily podcast. In today's poddy, we've got Manchester United manager Oli Gunnar Solskjaer rallying his troops ahead of the crucial Champions League match against RB Leipzig. Live on TalkSport tonight, there's the reaction to England's World Cup draw as Gareth Southgate's men come up against an old foe in San Marino. It's a mistake by Pierce and humiliation here. And Darren Goff recalls the time he was hit in the unmentionables while playing for England. But we kick off with Paul Pogba, who is unhappy at Manchester United and has to change teams according to his agent, Mino Rola. Of course he'd say that. This was Adrian Durham's take on the enigmatic World Cup winner. And that's Paul Pogba, not his agent. Yeah, I know you know that. He has not performed at a high level on a consistent basis for Manchester United. And for a a stellar signing, I Mm. think that you would expect that. I think he gets far more criticism than he should. But having said that, I think that he should be performing more consistently at a high level. I think I've got to bear in mind a couple of factors here. He did have COVID this season, and I've read a story about how hard it was for him to to recover from that. Incredible breathing difficulties he had. And we can't underestimate that, how that might have impacted him, certainly this season. But he was, I thought he was superb on Saturday. Fernandez, edge of the D, it's Pogba, left-footed strike. Oh, what a goal from Paul Pogba. It's brilliant. Another part of that is that Man United did not look like a team until they brought on Bruno Fernandes. So mm. we had a lot of uh, pushback when we talked about Oli last week, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, after the defeat to Paris Saint-Germain. A lot of pushback from United fans. Some very articulate calls. We had brilliant uh, calls from United fans defending Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, wanting to back him, saying they are going in the right direction and the football is more positive and easier to watch than it has been under Mourinho and Van Gaal. So they made some good points. But is it not the case the, what they've got at Manchester United right now is a one-man team. With Bruno Fernandes, they've got a chance of being good. Without him, they've got no chance. Stanley United, this is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looking ahead to the game against RB Leipzig. The Norwegian reckons his players will prove why they're good enough to represent the club in tonight's crucial match. They're Man United players because they have uh, qualities that uh, we've looked for. The character, the group is getting better and better and uh, we're looking forward to the game. It's um, it's something that we want, games like this. It's some tradition for Man United. We, we never make it easy for ourselves. Get the ball with his first goal of the season. 
season. Well, I'd say schoolboy defending. I think that would be disrespectful to schoolboys. It is abysmal. It's a 90-minute game. You know that uh, anything can happen in any moment, so you can't sit back and uh, hope for a nil-nil draw. We've, that's not in our genes. It's not in the team's genes. It's not in the club's genes. We want to go out there and win a game of football. I think we showed that against PSG, that we wanted to go out and create chances. You have to create chances to score goals, and uh, we'll do that again. The return of fans over the weekend was marred by booing at the den as players of Millwall and Derby County took the knee to continue the fight for racial equality. Watford captain Troy Deeney joined TalkSport and discussed racism issues within football and the incident at the den. I'm not massively shocked and I don't want to put this on all the Millwall fans or the club or, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of people that found a reason to boo and now have their reasons for it. What well, I don't really want to get into that because I think we're giving them the, too much energy, to be perfectly honest with you. I think what it shows is the reason that people like myself and, and many of us who are advocating for, you know, for, for equalities keep going. This is the reason why, and this is why in probably what April time we in a Premier League meeting we we said that this has to be done when fans are back. It's easy to take the knee when no one's there. It's easy to put the the, the badge on on the uh, Premier League badge when no one's there. When when fans are there, it sparks conversation, rightly or wrongly. But these are uncomfortable conversations that we have to have. When when we did this with the the badge, the Premier League issued a statement saying it had nothing to do with politics. So you've come out and said it's nothing to do with politics. People are saying it's nothing to do with politics. But do you know what? Let's give it. Let's say it's oh, it's all about the Black Lives Matter movement. It's nothing to do with that. When you get this, and I, and I want to make it very clear, it's not all Millwall fans. I want to make that very clear because you know they've got black players playing for them. So. This is the understanding what I don't understand. When people go, oh, we're booing because of this and, you know, frustrated. If that, the right back, the, the black lad, who's, if he scored... Yeah, but if he scored, would they turn around and go, nah, wipe that goal off, we're not interested. And again, I'm talking to the, the very small minority of people that feel that this is going so against what, what Great Britain's all about. It, it's so frustrating to listen and read some of the stuff that's coming in here. Honestly, it is, it is mind-boggling to think that people think it is... It's stupid. It's stupid the way that people think. I'm, I don't really like calling people names, but it's stupid the way they, they go on like this. Adverse reaction from the Millwall fans. Wow. That is not good at all. Questions will be asked about that for sure. That's an absolute shocker. Well, when they boo, I'll, I'll still be there. But if we, if we get to that line of racial things being said to me or my players, we've already had a conversation about what will happen. We walk. Simple. We're not here to be racially abused we're here to play football and entertain there's a lot of things you can call Troy honestly I'll give you some now Big Ed teeth like a shark loads of things you can say if you have to go down the race route well, I'm not going to stand there and, and take it because if I, if I turn around and, and get physical with that person I get in trouble my club gets in trouble so the only thing I can do in that ma- at that moment is report it and leave that's all I can do so that's what we will do the former Crystal Palace owner, Simon Jordan, also spoke about the issue and had a clear message for football's authorities. But this is Liam Rossinia, who was at the Den as Derby's first team coach. He told TalkSport that he would readily have a conversation with anyone who decided to boo. 
I would love to meet them in person. I'd love to sit down and talk to them because I think that's the only way we move forward is to understand each other's perceptions. And again, that is going against what's been happening, which is division and disunity. I'm proud to be English and, and I would love to sit down with anyone who has a different point of view and we need to do it more often and have reasoned conversation, not arguments, um, not blame, not, not, not pointing the finger, just having discussions about our own perspectives because everybody has a different perspective from their, from their own experiences. We all know that those that don't kneel get a pile on, get vilified, get questioned, get interrogated and get categorised. Now, the reality is, is that if the message, if the FA, the EFL, the Premier League yeah. and the PFA weren't such a gutless, weak set of organisations that didn't embrace this issue properly and deal with the messaging properly, wouldn't we wouldn't problem. be having this problem today. Correct. Football is, in this instance, a disgrace. This is the Sports Bar now, myself and Perry Groves looking back at Brighton versus Southampton in the Premier League on Jason Cundy's Sports Bar. Danny Ings, meanwhile, has tucked away the penalty into the right-hand corner. Southampton lead here. VAR is supposed to be for clear and obvious errors. If I've watched the replays and I don't know, how can that be a clear and obvious error? It is a nonsense. Brighton 1, Southampton 2. <laughs> yeah, get me the tablets. Another VAR, another penalty, another controversy, another joke. I think it is a penalty. I think it's outside. I think It so. starts, but then his left foot gets wrapped on the inside of, of Solly March. But if you're, if you're playing it that many times, from that many angles... VAR was brought in for clear and obvious But mistakes. I thought VAR was brought in for these type of... Right. One of the things, one of the law, one of the things that I was, it was sold to me is outside the box, inside the box. Put it this way, if he'd have given a penalty, do you think it would have been overturned if it was just outside? If you think they'd look at it that much and turn it around the other way? I think way? they have to. I think they're duty-bound. I think that that's... Well... That, that, if, if you're given a penalty and it's not inside <clears> the box, <throat> I think that that VAR has to go work the other way. It is so tight. And it is one of those, you've got to slow it down, you've got to really look at it. But that's, for me, what VAR was brought in for. I've been a fan of Brighton Albert since 1974, and I'm getting to a point now with VAR, it's just ruined it so much that I, I can't stand to watch the game in I get so angry and so frustrated with it. It's sort of this sort of sucking the life out of the game really I mean when you're in a ground you don't get any any look at it you don't get to see what people are looking at so VAR's been brought in to please people who sit at home and watch football not people who go to games I'm a big fan from the VAR for this decisions we have him and, and it's tough for the referee to see it uh, he saw a foul and it was, was definitely a foul then you have to decide if it's inside or outside the box and uh, when it's inside the box then it's a penalty yes. football isn't rocket science he went back to 4-4-2 <laughs> He went back to closing down from up. We've put Shane Long back in as well, though his like, goals from record ain't great. You had Danny Ings obviously start to score goals. And they closed down from the front. Everybody bought into the way that he wanted to play. And players, you know what players like? They, you want to be robotic. You want to know what mm. your jobs are. And you, you like 80% of it, you just do it sort of naturally. And that's what he went back to. And everybody thought when lost Hoiberg to Spurs, oh, how are we going to play? Romero's been playing really well in there. Ward mm. Prowse has obviously gone in and played in the uh, centre midfield. So he is... A uh, very good manager, and in no uncertain terms, he is in charge of everything mm-hmm. on the football side at Southampton. Spurs beat Arsenal 2 0 in the North London derby on Sunday to go top of the Premier League. You'll hear from former Spurs manager Tim Sherwood, club legend Gary Mabbott, and Troy Deeney on the magic work Jose Mourinho has performed. But this is Adrian Durham and Matt Dickinson on the problems facing Mikel Teta and the Gunners right now. 
there's too much of the dead wood around and that squad is a complete hodgepodge that's that's the trouble it's been sort of stuck together by you know it feels like it's been stuck together by about six different people and and say Arteta should be doing better with those players they certainly have got problems simply in terms of just being over cautious not being able to get that attacking thrust that they need he's got work to do but I think it is I, I think any reasonable person sees that this is a problem that's bigger than Mikel Arteta you got Meza Ozil tweeting away um, saying hashtag hard times flip it neck mate um, I mean there's some perspective needed there uh, you've got Thomas Partey just wandering off. You've got Hector Bellerin has been penalised five times for foul throws this season. These are footballers not concentrating on what they're doing. The immense amount of problems at Arsenal, and we'll get on to Spurs shortly. And, and somebody said to me earlier, it might have been you actually, talking about winning the FA Cup. I mean, for me, yeah. it's actually become a problem for Arsenal because a lot of people seem to think that winning the FA Cup makes you a great manager well it doesn't lovely ball forward to Son edge of the area under the goalkeeper and in and Spurs lead and it's Hyunmin Son with the goal but the players are brainwashed now they're enjoying it Ali Harry Kane one shot a goal I mean you'd think generally like down the years he would have said no I'm not happy with that yeah. you see him after the game he's realised now he's come to a stage of his career he's talking about being in his prime with Hyunmin Son and they actually are but they need to start winning and if they win a trophy the fans won't care and nor will the players I like the way that they played when when Sun's going forward for that goal, that's f- two passes and they're at yeah, and he scored a world in the top corner. That that's very good football. It's not always have to be forty seven passes from the goalkeeper, you know, third man run and someone scores. There's so many ways to play football. That's why we love it. That's why we got this job because we yeah. can talk about it. And I can't believe we're talking about it. That Spurs are top of the table. And we're, we're now going, right, let's find something to talk about. Like, oh, well, they're, they're not playing great. Yeah. yeah. They've had three shots, scored two, won a derby 2-0. And in my opinion, looked comfortable. When we're playing well, we can obliterate teams like Manchester United, Old Trafford 6-1. But when we're not playing so well, away at Burnley, home to Brighton, away at West Brom, we're winning by the odd goal. You know, we are grinding out results. And that is the sign of consistency and that is a sign of a team that has a possibility of putting in a real sustained challenge for the title this season. Over to Darren Goff, the former England cricketer on drive, recalling the time he got hit in the box while batting at Lords. I know what it's like to get hit there by a cricket ball. No way. When you got a box on. That's that's bad enough. Two in two at Lords went down both times. Must have a twenty minute delay between two deliveries. <laughs> two in two on the trot, mate. Two balls hit you in the. Yeah, well, but yeah. the worst one I ever saw uh, was when <laughs> Wakai no Shay Bakhtar hit Martin Moxon there in the old fashioned boxes before they had that nice little curve on them that went underneath and spread it and it, it they used to be like almost like a audible shape they were just there and I'll never forget what I saw when he got hit by Shay Bakhtar it was the most frightening thing ever he's bringing the spray out too <laughs> that's not gonna help is it it's gonna make it worse the cold spray I'll just say one thing but he actually get to come off because it had split when the ball hit <sighs> And you can imagine what happened. Uh. <laughs> but the physio, Wayne Morton, great bloke, one of the best blokes ever, was out on the field trying to get it off. <sighs> and in the end, they brought him off the field to do it because uh. he was in so much <laughs> agony. And I remember him coming in the next day and all the lads couldn't wait to see. And you should have seen the colour. You uh. should have seen he was black 
from his belly button all the way down to his kneecap. No. I, it's the worst thing I've ever seen on a cricket field. And uh, I've just seen the TV replay, and it's not the thigh pad, it's the Ow. other bit. Keith Jennings is one tough man. <laughs> oh, that's painful. The draw for the 2022 World Cup qualifiers has seen England come up against Poland, Hungary, Albania, Andorra, and the mighty San Marino. Not exactly the group of death, more the group of life. Afterwards, manager Gareth Southgate spoke to TalkSport's Faker Others. Poland are obviously a very good side. Uh, Hungary uh, just got promoted into the Nations League top division, so those two in particular are going to be games that we know will be tough and the rest are always games whenever I've played for England or managed England complicated games to navigate so yeah inevitably it will be about what we do looking for Shannon and it's wasn't much wrong with that piece of goalkeeping Poland at Wembley and Poland in Poland I mean there's a great history of that fixture there was a spell when we seemed to draw them every time wasn't there over the years so a couple of good historic fixtures with the Hungarians as well Lewandowski to run into and that is exactly what he does heads the ball from eight yards out pass the goalkeeper for 3-0 well he's a, a fantastic player for sure and um, you know he's as a good a number nine as there is you know him and, and Harry and uh, Lukaku when you think about number nines around Europe they're three that immediately come to mind so he's um, a, a player that can hurt you and his goal scoring record for his country is phenomenally good <laughs> And this is H&J and the Clips of the Month for November. Andy, why don't you kick us off with the first one? OK, uh, we were shocked to hear Gary Scott say this in the travel. In Essex on the A12, it's partly blocked by the Colchester football ground. Really? <laughs> Has it moved? <laughs> it must have uh, maybe a bit of subsidence <laughs> or something. It's on the side. I mean, it's always been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the caller to uh, Talk Sport discussing Chelsea's Kai Havertz. He's got it all. And when somebody said these are cross between... Uh, what was it? They crossed in between Coos oh, uh, and oh, I can't Oozel and somebody else. Oh, that's it. They crossed between Coos, Oozel, and somebody else. That's why I've always I look at Havertz and I see Coos, I see Oozel, and I yeah. see somebody else. I see somebody else too. <laughs> Here's a great clip. Here's Gabby Agbon Lahore talking Manchester United. This is Manchester United. We're talking about one of the biggest clubs in um, English football. They're going to be looking at top, top elite managers if anyone's going to take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's job. So not for me, no. I can't see him going. Yeah, yeah, he's got another five or six years as a player, isn't he? I think before he moves into management, yeah. got to do his badges. I think, I think Allegri would be before him. Yeah, but there, I think yeah. Uh, there was a big piece of him the other day talking about coming back. He's ready to come back. Oh, yeah, Allegri, there'll no, be a few managers a, looking over their shoulders. Yeah, he's a top manager. Uh, this was Bob Bubker ahead of the Masters with shock news from Augusta. Just a few minutes ago, somebody showed up at the driving range to begin their warm-up uh, for a practice round, and it was Sandy Lyle, and he's wearing a pair of suspenders. Hello? Yeah, it was very attractive. I think. <laughs> Just showing you a little bit of leg. He looked nice. great. Uh, of course, the American braces, braces uh, as they like to say over there. So, Andy, what's next? It's Chorley manager Jamie Vermilio talking Wigan and getting us in the mood for Christmas. 
they've got a lot of young, good young players coming through. We, we often play against Wigan in pre-season. They're on the 23 side and they're a good, good side. And this just opens up a door for them and the likes of Mary and Joseph who they've got, they've got coming through the ranks now. <laughs> it's great to have uh, the little baby Jesus. It's great to have Mary and Joseph. <laughs> clip for this month. In, in, the, the in the frame, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Mary and Joseph. Anyway, yeah. this is Natalie Sawyer setting up an interesting feature on the weekend mm. sports breakfast. Aston Villa could go top if everything goes their way today. Okay, it's time for this. Welcome to Football Master on Talk Sport. I, I don't think Herb Alpert's ever sounded better to me. Said, yeah, I Tremendous. mean, but it does sound like the Steptoe music, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then you think, what is that? <laughs> And just to let you know what is coming up across the TalkSport network today, Leipzig take on Manchester United Champions League. That is on TalkSport. A massive game for Oli. That's presented by Hugh Wisencroft. Commentary from Sam Matterface and Stuart Pearce. Over on TalkSport 2 a little earlier at 5.30, Hull take on Crew in the Papa John's Trophy second round. And followed by that, 7.45, Swansea take on Bournemouth in the Championship. Commentary for me and Danta and Sam Parkin, plus all the goals as they go in from the night's EFL action. That's it. I'm back on the Sports Bar. Jason Cunningham Sports Bar on TalkSport from 10 o'clock tonight, taking your call straight after the Manchester United game. OK, there's another one of these TalkSport daily potties out first thing in the morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.